The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez. This is Rev. Jackie, and I'm so thrilled to be back live from the tower at Unity Village. I'm, you know, we've been we're working remotely as much of the country has been, and I had um, to be on campus this morning for some other work, and so I'm able to just come up to the tower. And oh, it's so good to be home. So I just invite you all into this time and space together, where we are going to be talking about thriving in COVID chaos and change. And I'm thrilled to have with me as a guest George Myers from the Effectiveness Institute. Welcome to the show, George. Thank you, Jackie. It's an honor and a privilege and a thrill to be here, frankly. So. Well, good. You know, you were here on campus in February, so, you know, we weren't quite in bloom. It wasn't as beautiful as it is now, but you were here and we had a great time. Um, you were facilitating a training for the leaders here. Yes, I remember it very well. Um, it was real powerful. It was a wonderful time. Really was impressed by the leaders I met and everyone I met there. And um the spirit of people was there, the hospitality, oh, yeah. um, the warmth. The uh, Also, as I told people later on, the way that everybody there leaned into the learning experience mm-hmm. um, doesn't always happen in the work I do. So uh, very inspirational for me and encouraging for me. Um, so I had a wonderful time. And even though, as you mentioned, it wasn't the best time of year to be in Kansas City for beauty. Um, there was a lot of beauty in the sessions we had, I thought. so. Oh, for sure. We, you know, we had a great time and we still use the content that you gave us as we, you know, work together in our relationships. And, um, and you really, you know, helped give us a format, a framework really to um, expand and deepen our working relationships. So it was really powerful. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Uh, that's always the goal is to, uh, to do something that uh, helps folks, right? So help people out. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to introduce you a little bit more to uh, my listeners. Uh, George is an expert facilitator and presenter, and you do have a great sense of humor, George. It was, you know, (laughs) just, you know, it was a fun time. And, you know, we went deep. We were able to go deep and really grapple with some, you know, difficult concepts and ideas and questions, but you also kept it light, um, you know, and so we had that that humor. And you, so you bring (laughs) Sense of knowledge and energy, yes, um, to the experience. 30 years of organizational experience. Yeah, I started when I was five. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I was going to guess, you know, maybe maybe six. So through, no, no, not quite. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> through George's extensive international experience and work with numerous Fortune 1000 companies, George has gained a broad understanding of the challenges facing leaders, teams, and organizations. And his passion for effective leadership and teamwork has helped individuals and organizations in many industries reach higher levels of performance. Mm. Yeah. And I think I remember from the workshop that you you are fairly new to your position as president at the Effectiveness Institute. Yes, I actually, uh, I've been at the Institute now for 14 years, but um, it was uh, January of 2000. Let's see, what year is this, Jackie? It's hard to remember because of all these days. Right, the days are running together, but it is, in fact, 2020. 
Yeah, there we go. So it was it was actually in uh, January of 2019 that I actually um, became the president of the institute, and uh, after about again about 13 years of being there. So, and um, and that was really a decision that was based uh, on a lot of different things, but uh, but it was really not a position I was. Uh, I wanted to pursue per se, like I wasn't saying, well, I want to be president, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. anything like that. It was just more a matter of that was the right thing at the right time, uh, I think, for the company and for myself and for the team and for our clients. And so so we made the decision and, and I have a great team around me, which is fantastic, a huge help. And uh, we have wonderful clients. Um, and so just it was a it was a really uh, I was very fortunate to be able to step into that role and um, really grateful for the opportunity. So. Awesome. Well, congratulations to you for that. Yeah. Like I've said that, you know, we had a really great experience here with the Effectiveness Institute. And because of that experience, I got on your mailing list and I learned about the webinar that you offered. I think just was it two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. a week and a half um, on thriving in chaos and change. And so that's where I got the title for today's episode. I added COVID because that is most specifically what, you know, we're talking about this, this very specific chaos and change that we are in. And I thought, you know, I got to bring him on the show and Let's just talk about this. Yeah, it is. It is definitely, as you know, it's a it's extremely important, relevant topic right now for a lot of folks. This is an unprecedented kind of experience for pretty much everyone, most everyone, mm-hmm. um, globally. And uh, uh, so, so I, I think just the the impact of that and how I knew our team was dealing with that and our clients were dealing with that and our families and everything. I I really felt like um, you know we've done work around change in the past, but this is an intensity right now that we're experiencing around that that uh, can be very disorienting for a lot of people, for most all of us in some ways, to well, different degrees. And so, so yeah, so I really wanted to um, to offer something um, to everyone that was interested that uh, found out about the webinar uh, to, to attend and uh, just to learn a little more about this process because there, there definitely is a, um, there's a lot of information out there that can be very helpful for us yes. in navigating this um, but I know it's what I found over the years, Jackie, is that uh, many of us, and I know this is true for me as well, I, change was just something that you just did. You just do change, right? I mean, you grow up in your life and you change, you know, you, you know, you go to this different school, you meet these people, you know, you have this new uh, teacher, this new subject matter, you know, you get a job. Just, I mean, we have changes in life all the time. So we're just doing it. Yeah. We don't really stop and think a lot about well, wait a minute. Is there a? Is there? What is? What is the science? What is the? What is the knowledge around change? What? How do we go through change? What is that like for us as people? Do we really stop and think about that much? And, and I knew I really hadn't until I encountered the, uh, some information about it and uh, started to think about it more and realized just how challenging it can be sometimes for people to go through change. You know, I like well, to talk yeah. about how, with all the change that we go through, and there's so much change that we go through in life you know, pretty much daily, right? But certainly over the course of a lifetime, you'd think we become experts at it. And in <laughs> one way, think. we do it. But but another way, it's it's surprising. We we Many people struggle with change, and especially tremendous change like we're going through right now. And I get it. I understand sure. that. Sure. So. Well, don't you think naturally we are creatures of habit? Absolutely. There's something true to be said about that. I, I always will joke with people and say, how many of you woke up this morning and just said, you know what, I'm going to do everything completely different than I normally right. do? 
Right. I'm going to do everything completely out of, I'm going to do things just completely crazy different than I normally do it. Hardly anybody ever does well, that. Right. And when we do, it's like an exercise, you know, in creativity or, you know, breaking yes. social norms. It's like it's a specific intention, you know, for a purpose. It's not just self-assigned, right. you know. Um, yep. And, you know, I think, too, that, you know, we are always in the midst of change, but we tend to stagger. You know, this is yeah. this is something we are all experiencing at the same time. So, you know, maybe in yeah. our homes, somebody's, ex- you know, experiencing, like you said, the newness of uh, maybe a new job or a new school. Um, but it's staggered. It's you know, not mm-hmm. not always everybody in the household even is experiencing extreme change at the same time. Um, and but then your neighborhood, your communities, your you know all of your tangential communities, your workplace, your maybe spiritual community clubs, mm-hmm. you know social groups, and and on and on all the way really globally. Mm-hmm. And so there's like that level of intensity to this um, and. And often, you know, most often we have some sort of, it's something that's not brand new. Like you said, this is unprecedented. So mm-hmm. there's no roadmap. And, yeah, exactly. It, you yep. know, and so it just like, it just ups the stakes in every way. Mm-hmm. And so chaos feels very different than the chaos of maybe moving across the country for a new job and changing schools and, you know, yep. that kind of thing. And, you know, having to get yep. a new social circle, you know, all those things can be very profound. Um, but this is just that you can't, there's no roadmap mm-hmm. for it. No, you're right. We're kind of off the grid, if you will, in terms of our our familiarity with how do how we do this, how do we navigate this change. Um, I think that's part of also what inspired me was that I, I realized that the things that I and this is this is also you know uh, honesty here, right, Jackie? Very oh, yeah. important to me to have integrity. So part of the reason why I teach what I do in all the different areas I teach is because I'm learning. I mean, I'm practicing these things all the time, right? Which is also part of why. I think a sense of humor is very important because, you know, I, I take life very seriously, but I also know I can't take myself too seriously in a way where I can't laugh about things that are humorous, right? And that's very important. And I'm always learning all the time. So uh, frequently I'll do something. I'll kind of think, wait a minute, don't I teach something different than what I just did? <laughs> <laughs> so so I have enough moments like that in my life that I feel like, um, like you know, I, I'm always learning from what I teach. And when I was doing um, preparing to talk about change, with a group shortly after COVID really 19 really started to explode across our country, I realized, wow, this is good for me to know. You know, I thought, yeah. like, I, I got to, well, you teach this, George, of course it right. is, but they, no, I got to stop and think about this now on a different level. Yeah. And so I really felt like if I could do that and I knew how meaningful it was for me and for my team members, um, then I thought, you know, um, this is something I really want to share pe- with people again more intentionally. And there, then regardless of what the change is, there are some processes that we go through. Yeah. And, uh, as human beings, we go through a, a basic process that's been well outlined and well researched. We know it's there and it's happening for us even now with this change, too. As, as much as this is unique and different, there are things about this which are also very common. We're going through losses. You know, we're experiencing mm-hmm. losses of things. Uh, do we know what those are? Are we naming those? Can we identify those? We're going through some very familiar emotions that people go through when they go through significant amounts of significant, substantial, challenging change. Do we know what those are and how to name those things? You yeah. know, those are the kind of those are the kind of things that I'm realizing right now. We really need to become familiar and grounded in those things that we know are common so that we can help each other out as we go through this. You know, we can help ourselves out and help each other out. And that's why, again, why I did the webinar and why I enjoy talking about the subject matters, because even with the breadth and the depth of this and the unknowns, uh, and again, as you mentioned, people that, you know, have uh, people that have lost their jobs, people losing their businesses. It's a very sobering time. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I don't make light of that at all. And yeah. so when I talk about going through change and working through change, I recognize I'm speaking into places where there can be a lot of anxiety and fear and, and, and loss and yeah. pain right now. Yeah. Right. And For so sure. that's also one reason why you mentioned the callers, people calling in. I was kind of hoping people will call in and talk about some of what they're going through, because how that relates to some of what we're talking about here these aspects of change that are, are we know are true for us, uh, that we go through, we navigate through as people in the world and as life when change happens. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to note, you know, I'm not sure that we said that the Effectiveness Institute is based out of Washington State. Yes, that's correct. You we, know, are, we were ground zero. You were ground right. zero. So, you yeah. know, you, I think, got into the conversation very early. And I could imagine that, you know, as you're preparing um, you know, presentations and facilitation you know, of groups and stuff for your clients. It's often, you know, for a certain context that this particular group is going through. But like you said, you're well, this is you're in this very same context. Like, so, yes. so you became, yes. yeah, the, the content became very relevant for you as you developed it. And you know, I think it's so important to you know that that piece that you talked about in the webinar and that you just referenced is naming, naming the emotions, naming the experience, giving words to it, because there's so much that is unknown right now. And, you know, it's easy to fall into this sort of unconscious um, path to move through this because we don't know. So we just lose our grounding. But if we can start to name, you know, Mm what we're experiencing and what we're feeling and what we're thinking, then we can find our grounding and, and remember what we know. Exactly. And, um, and, and, and to recognize, this is what I've heard too. And I've, as I've done, they've been doing the webinar more recently around this particular topic uh, that I, I've been hearing. Some people have been saying uh, in the response to the, uh, to the sessions, they're just, they've been grateful uh, to recognize and to remember that, that what they're going through is not uncommon, mm-hmm. that, not only are a lot of people going through it, but a lot of people are not, going, not not only a lot of people going through COVID-19 and the challenges of this, but we're also going through this deeply personal internal experience of transition right now from the way things were to the way things are. And we don't even know exactly how things will be on the other side of this, if you will, so to speak. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. And the, so, the trick is that that's always true. What you just described is always yeah. true. But yeah. but we tend to. Um, buy into an illusion that we know how something is going to turn out, right? (laughs) We never actually know what will be. (laughs) But but we live our day-to-day lives, you know, with all kinds of dates on our calendars and appointments on our calendars and, you know, and this illusion of what will happen, where we will be going, what we will be doing, what we might be wearing, who we will be doing things with, you know, but that's all illusory. You know, it's 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 just made up and Correct. you know yeah. so so that piece of it is no different right now it just like i said before the stakes feel so high so it feels yeah, dangerous exactly. to not know and to have to really face the fact that 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 is true we don't know what will mm-hmm. be and who we will be coming out of this as a nation as a you know as a global community mm-hmm. as a family and as an individual you know mm-hmm. and then maybe in there is our you know our employment Right. Yes, exactly. Which, of course, again, those are those are all deep, significant, important questions that uh, uh, that we are wrestling with, that we are experiencing going through or that we know people are going through those things as well. You uh, 
I got to say, you mentioned something, by the way. I thought of something as you were talking, um, speaking about about the you know how, how we we kind of have this idea that we have control over things, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is that you know um, uh, we could certainly have we have certainly usually have some control over some things. Yes, of course, but but not always, and certainly not at all like we think. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me, one of the books I came across in my journey here, in my process of learning in this work I do, was a book by Robert Quinn called Deep Change. I talk mm-hmm. about this in the end of the webinar, but I really loved how Robert in his book talked about how um, how it's it's it requires uh, really to be able to enter into change to become uh, more effective at managing the chaos of change. Like even this requires us to take a very personal approach to change. Like, like, how do I go through change? What am I experiencing? How do I do it? How do I think about it? You mentioned that earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And those are all deep questions because um, sometimes the answers to those things are uncomfortable, right? Yeah. They're difficult. Yeah. And yet, and there was, so I also will talk about this change, no matter how difficult it can be, no matter how much, if it's change you want or not, do not want, it always creates an opportunity. And that's a hard thing to hear sometimes, but there's an opportunity to learn about ourselves and about who we are and about why we show up the way we do and why we do what we do when there is challenging change happening. And that's one of the things that I know for myself anyway, that I, um, it's hard to be open to that, but I continue to strive to push myself to be open to that because I do know what, what Quinn talked about in that book. I, I believe it's really true. Whether we're leaders, whether in our families, in our churches, in our communities, whatever it is, we have opportunities right now to learn about, ourse- learn about ourselves mm-hmm. on deep levels and to learn about others in ways that hopefully can help us to become better and uh, and more grounded, if you will, and even um, hopefully to grow in this process. Yeah. And it's hard, again, when there's so much going on uncertainty, but I think that's a time when we can grow in ways we can't when we have more certainty, if you will, right? Right, right. So again, not being trivial or lighthearted about the challenges, just simply acknowledging those challenges also create tremendous opportunities for us. And that's what I've seen in people over throughout history, reading those stories that have been inspirational, how yes. they have taken very challenging circumstances and, and and learned and developed and grew in those circumstances in ways that became better and healthier, if you will, and, and more, more more full and more rich, uh, richer. So that's that's what I'm challenging myself to do. And uh, and again, it's not easy. Um, but but it, yeah, but it's, and uh, it's I mean, okay. we're not like tying a bow on it and say, well, that's no, how you're going to thrive no, through chaos and change. You find a way to grow and thrive, you know, and and just yeah. get better at who you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not you know. Right now than to go out to my favorite restaurant, and get some food, and you know, <laughs> right. and and go see a, a show at my favorite theater. All those kinds of things. Yeah, yes. I mean, whatever it is. Of course, I'd love to help do all those things as well right now. And and uh, you know, get to go to my family and and have them, you know, the hugs and just all that kind of good stuff. Have my team get together. Those would be wonderful things to have happened no question about it but right now we can't do that what what is there for me to do now today with what i have um to grow and to learn and to contribute what i can and uh those are challenging challenging times challenging questions but there are a lot of things right now that can be like that that i want to encourage us to do and strategies for how we can manage this as well too for ourselves Mm -hmm. so and so let's start talking about some of those strategies and i think you named one like naming our emotions yes correct yeah and there are very common emotions people experience in the we call it the phases of transition that people go through, right? There's an endings phase that some of us are in right now very intensely. There's the neutral zone. I think we're going to be in for quite a while where we're not yeah. we're not where we're going to be yet, so to speak. We don't know how things are going to look and be kind of the new normal, as they talk about, right? Mm-hmm. But we're also not where we 
like we were not where we were, you know, six, seven weeks ago when our team went remote at the uh, here in, you know, the Seattle area. Uh, we're not at that place anymore. We're definitely transitioning. That's kind of like the neutral zone time and phase. So, so as we go into these processes, these transitions, what are some strategies? One of those strategies is naming the emotions that are very common that people experience, mm -hmm. and they're there. We identify that. We talk about those in the webinar, but also strategies like sorting your losses because there are losses here. There's loss mm -hmm. of structure for many of us, right? right? There's a loss of attachments right now in a way. Um, the, phys the social distancing, that creates a loss of attachments, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, losses of, another uh, um, loss that's very common is, a, um, we talk about loss of turf. I was responsible for this, now I'm not. And it's not about wallowing in those losses, it's about acknowledging them, being able to name them, to be able to recognize those are normal things to name, you know? Right. Um, for some of us, loss of control or the illusion of control, right? right? Um, but I mean, that, that's also, we do have, you know, I think we do have we a sense of control over certain routines in our day, which now sure. we don't have in the same way, right? right? Yeah. So just to be able to name those losses is one thing we talk about too. But another strategy that I found that people really have found helpful is to clarify your focus. You know, where are we focusing? I don't know about you, Jackie, but I can think about many times in my life where I have focused on things that were not in my control at all, where I really had no really influence over hardly at all, uh -huh. right? Yep. I remember when I was worked at a university for a while, um, they, the, uh, the board and the uh, executive leadership team made a decision to change directions with our department. And I thought this is a huge mistake. I mean, I'm, I was sure it was. <laughs> and so I decided to go and try to tell them. And they didn't them, ask you? This, they right? didn't ask you before so, they made that decision? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't ask me. Funny how that world goes. <laughs> but so so I decided to go and tell them what a big mistake they were making. And I, and I tried for about two weeks to do that. And, and it was kind of like they've already announced it. This has been a huge change they've made. They're not going to go back because of your brilliance, George. <laughs> They're not going to change their mind because of what you've seen here. You know, you you tried to have a conversation. It didn't go well. You have to let it go. You have yeah. to be able to move from, you know, spinning your wheels in that area where try, you're taking action on things and not in your control, you know, to, you know what, you don't have any control over this. So let, let that go. Let that go. It's okay. Um, and But on the other hand, I'll, on the other hand, I'll say this. I had somebody else at the university that took kind of more of a wait and see approach on things they could have had an influence over mm -hmm. and they missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to be spinning our wheels, taking action on things we don't control. But we also don't want to be, you know, wait, wait, taking a wait and see approach on things we can do. So in the chart, I kind of say there's four quadrants. Those quadrants are places we don't want to be. We don't want to be taking a lot of action on things not in our control. And we don't want to be not doing anything about things that are in our control. We want to be working on letting go of things that are not in our control we can't do anything about. That's why I only watch the news about twice a day for about five right. or ten minutes is all. Mm -hmm. Because I know if I do more than that, I'm going to start thinking a lot more obsessing about things I don't really have much control over, right? right? I want to put my energy into things I can control. I want to put my energy into things that I do have control over. For example, what I mean by that is what can I control? What what things do I, well, I certainly can work on my thoughts. Mm -hmm. I can certainly work on whether or not I'm, I'm going to take a positive approach to this conversation. Mm -hmm. Am I going to try to seek to help people today? I'm going to try to seek to reach out to some friends that I know and see how they're doing. You know, those kind of things that I might have some control over. Where do I put my energy and my activity into? I want to focus on things that I know I have more influence or control over. And just kind of for people to separate those things out. And I like to ask them, where is your action at right now? Where are you focusing your action at? Um, a lot of people are spending time right now obsessing about COVID-19. Right, right. And I just know that when I find myself doing that, I got to stop and go, wait a minute. Where am I putting my energy and my thoughts and my time into? 
Um, I can't stop what's happening in New York City. You know, I can't open restaurants tomorrow. I can't do those things. So if I sit there and dwell and focus on those kinds of things over and over again, a lot of ways I think I really end up um, burning out myself and becoming less positive of an influence and impact. Yeah. So focusing on things that we really can change, clarifying our focus and focusing on things that we know that are going to be more constructive for us. So I've heard some people that could be very helpful. That's one of the strategies we talked about in this session. Yeah, that's really good. So we have name your feelings and emotions, mm-hmm. sorting your losses, yeah. and clarifying yep. your focus. Yep, yep, exactly. Another one I'll mention too, by the way, just because I have to say this. I don't know, some parts of the country, this is more challenging for others. But I know I talked about this, right, Johnny, in, uh, about Jackie. And in, in, in I said Johnny because I'm thinking about John Regina. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to call you Johnny, Jackie. <laughs> But Dr. John Medina, he's a, he's a brilliant neuroscientist here in the Northwest, great guy, uh, really a terrific brain researcher and a great comedian, too, by the way. He's very funny. I think he's a comedian, but he's also brilliant. He talks about what the brain needs, what the brain needs. And one of the things he identified, I talked about in this webinar, is we need to exercise. Oh. And it's such a simple thing, but mm-hmm. the but our brains need our bodies to be active. And so when John talked about how central that is to our brain's ability to thrive in chaos, I actually changed my lifestyle. And I actually became much more diligent about exercising on a regular basis. And I do it now. I try to get I, I, I'm not going out and doing the hardcore, you know, hardcore workouts. Right. I'm not I'm not there. But I do make sure I go out and I take a brisk walk or do some, you know, some active activity for about 30 minutes almost every single day, sometimes longer. So I've actually stretched my walking time out longer now. I, I used to do about two miles a day. Now I do about three to four miles a day simply because I know my brain needs that right now more than ever. So it's a, it's a very simple strategy, but it's and it's not about you got to exercise. It's not the guilt trip about right. exercising. It's right. just the reality that our brains need it. Our brains need us. Our, our, we're connected, right? And our bodies right. and our brains, they, they're connected. They're interrelated. So when we don't exercise physically with our body, it does impact our brain. And when John talked about that to me, it changed my lifestyle. It changed how I think about things. And I got to tell you, it made a difference for me. I've definitely found my, my ability to navigate chaos or change and challenges improved as I began to exercise more regularly. Oh. Well, and you know, that relates back to a couple different things. One, your, our immune systems are boosted by activity, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, and we want that right now, especially, but always. Yep. Um, but back, it relates back to sorting our losses. You know, many of us have lost, you know, lost that routine, which might include yes. a workout or even just the movement of going places. And, yep. you know, yep. maybe, you know, like I, I work on a big campus here at Unity Village. So I walk, I get a lot of steps in every day. Yeah. Not so yeah. much yeah. when I'm working from home. So I have to yeah. be conscious about that. You know, so when I'm in the process of sorting my losses, you know, the first week, week and a half, it was, it occurred to me how ingrained my commute, my 30 minute commute was mm-hmm. into my routine and my schedule and providing, you know, that emotional need for transition time between home and work, um, coming and going, you know, and so mm-hmm. I had to create a different routine about that. So um, that music means it is time for a break, but we are just getting cooking here. So we will be back with George Myers from the Effectiveness Institute talking about thriving in COVID chaos and change.
glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. And we are back with the president of the Effectiveness Institute, George Myers, and we're going through strategies for thriving in COVID chaos and change. And George, before we get back into our list of strategies here, we have a caller. So let's bring the caller on the line. Elizabeth, are you there? Hi, Reverend Jackie. How are you today? I am good. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, I wanted to call and ask because I was really uh, touched by the question or the idea that was presented about not being able to control what you can't control. And I have three teenagers and (laughs) they are all out of school. Um, And um, obviously we all know we can't control our teenagers, but they're going through a lot. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of guidance that we want to offer them, but I'm, and one of them in particular is really struggling uh, with a lack of connection with friends and with uh, just being out of the house. So yeah. I'd love to hear what George has to say about <laughs> my desire to control that situation, but also, you know, what what's a good response? I mean, we're, we are enjoying some wonderful family time together, and, and I'd say, you know, by and large, it's been positive, but there is this feeling of, what can I do to make it better? What can I do to shape it for them? That's mm-hmm. a great question. You know, I've I've got two teenagers of my own at home, and I'll, Elizabeth, I'll raise you a toddler. I've got a toddler, too, in the mix. <laughs> so, you know, my heart goes out to you yeah. and to, to your family, and especially the one who's really, you know, being touched by that loss of social mm-hmm. contact. So, George, what do you have to say? Uh, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth, too, for the call and for the question as well. Um, that's one of the things that, uh, that my, yeah, Jackie, you said it too. My heart uh, goes really out too as well. I've been thinking quite a bit about, uh, you know, families that are more housebound, if you will, you know, with schools being closed and the challenges of that, both small families, there's certainly advantages to that, or families with teenagers, there's advantages to that, of course, but there are challenges. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, um, this is a an unprecedented time for many of them as well to be going through this, especially the, the teenagers who have already have some idea of kind of what life is like, and now their mm-hmm. lives have changed, and they don't have as much of a frame of reference on that as as, a, as some of us who are older do. Um, so it is especially challenging for that. Um, I, you know, um, obviously, my, my guess is I would say probably many of them are using the different kind of of um, virtual connection tools that are out there, right? Yeah. I'm assuming probably for that because that's also yeah, very helpful for them right, to do that. A little but, bit. but that also that also could be counter counterproductive too, right? Of course. You know, it's interesting because, you know, my kids are connecting on Xbox and through gaming and they'll have their, you know, Discord or whatever. (laughs) I sound like so out of touch, but they've got all these ways, yes, where they're talking, you know, with their phones and they're gaming also with headphones on and listening to each other and all of these things. And I remember, well, it feels like a very long time ago, but it was probably three weeks ago. I suggested that we drive by the house of a few of their houses of a few of my daughter's friends and, you know, they could just wave and talk. And at the time she was like, that's ridiculous. I can see her on, you know, Zoom and Skype and, you know, we're talking all the time like that seems to have no value. But 
fast forward to this last weekend, she sure enough, we right. went driving. She was, you know, getting some driving hours in and, and we sure enough went, you know, around. And so there was a different level, value level to that. Yeah. Yeah. There's certainly a need for them to, um, they're more extroverted. So they need more FaceTime mm-hmm. and that physical sort of presence as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say one of the things, Jackie, that you mentioned that I thought of too as well. So, to, you know, we've had our daughter come over. Um, she's not a teenager anymore, but she's come over and we've sat in the backyard six feet apart and uh, and we've had dinner together a few times. And um, so I think that, you know, as long as we're careful and cautious to keep the numbers small and you know, do things we need to do to be wise about this, you know, the ability to find time to get together. My I have a, um, a mother who is a 95 in an assisted living place, can't see her anymore. Um, she's come out in her deck a couple of times. We've gone over there and stood below and talked to her for a while. I mean, so I think we got to find ways to be creative, to have those times of connection for them as much as possible. But I also think too, Elizabeth, that, that some of the things I'm talking about here, they're definitely not just for adults. They're for kids as well. I think kids sometimes have a hard time naming their emotions and sorting their losses for them. That almost makes no sense at all. But if they can even do right. some of that kind of work, some of the strategies we talked about, what are they focusing on right now? I really do think that these, the, strat- the, the, the information I cover in the webinar, I talk about these strategies. And uh, Jackie and I were talking in the break a little bit about behavior styles too. Those things all really relate, I think, as well to teenagers too. I mean, they need those some of those same things too um, to know about that. So um, I would just say that, um, you know, if... Uh, if they can apply some of those strategies, they can talk about those things as a family. Certainly having time in the house where there's spaces for them to have their own space, but not too much of that space to be able to be on, you know, uh, video conferencing kind of access, but not too much of that, because that can also be a counterproductive thing if they have too much of that time. I mean, those are probably all things you know and you thought about before, but I think that that uh, routines and structures for this new world, uh, Jackie and I also talked about creating structure we got to find ways, I think, with our, our, our teenage kids, those families have teenage kids, to find ways to create structure in this world that works for them and for us both. And, and, and we got to do that with them, right? Find ways to do that together, to collaborate right. on that. Structures for when they need time off, when they need time away from us, when we need time away from them. And to be able to talk about that right. and name that and just know it's not anything about personal. It's just we're trying to know how to navigate this together and how do we meet our, each other's needs here. So those kinds of conversations... Uh, most teenagers don't really like to have a touchy-feely conversations, or some don't. <laughs> but I think the more practical we can make it, the better. I love that. And, you know, I think there's a, a nuance to your question, Elizabeth, when you talked about control and, you know, focusing on, the, you know, obviously we can't control our teenagers and their minds and their feelings as much as we would like to. Um, right. And and there are things that we know as parents, and, and George, I'm sure you feel that way too. And in this present time, it's hard to track what we know and it's hard to because it feels like all all of the factors have changed and so it's very easy to fall into the like but I don't know how to do this I don't know how to parent my teenagers through this I'm barely figuring out my own day-to-day through this you know I mean the toddler doesn't understand why she can't go to a park you know that's was very much part of her routine was going to a park going down the slide and and so it's like we are careful not to drive past a park because she'll see it and and ask to go and that's it's hard for her to understand you know and so multiply that towards, you know, teenagers who have more complex, you know, thought capability and complex and complicated emotions and, and limited life experience and 
it, it can you know feel daunting to figure out how to put these things in. But I love, George, you're giving words to it, you know, being able to process with them, asking them to name their emotions, mm-hmm. you know, asking them to sort their losses and, and be specific about it because maybe that will feel just lower the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And to participate in creating the structure, um, the metaphor that I'm using quite a bit now is, you know, if we're on this boat, not a cruise ship, by the way, right. <laughs> sorry, we're, we're on a boat. It's, it's a good sized boat. There's a family on the boat, maybe two families. We've left the harbor. We're out in the open sea. When you're out in the open sea, it's very disorienting because you can't really see any land around you. Uh, and that's kind of where we are right now. And I think in this COVID-19 process. So we have to have a structure and a routine for how we manage our time on the boat. Yeah. Um, and that's what people that are in, on boats do. You have to have a routine and structure because you can go crazy if you don't. And I think as families with teenagers, we have to find ways to involve them. They may not get to determine the structure, but they're involved in creating that structure for, okay, here's the situation. We're, we're in this boat. We're in the middle of this ocean here of COVID-19 right now. There's a lot of changes and some things are similar, but a lot of things are different. What kind of structure do we have as a family we can set up to manage and work with this together in a way? And so... Um, I think that metaphor can be very helpful for parents working with teenagers mm-hmm. and for teenagers engaging in that together. Um, I don't know, Elizabeth, is that anything helpful there at all for you? Yeah, I do like that metaphor as well. Yeah. And I do like um, asking them to write down, even if it's just on a post-it note, because sometimes that makes it less daunting, just what mm-hmm. they're thinking about or what they're feeling. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. You know, one thing that um, I did, and it was really at the suggestion of a therapist, um, was to have a family meeting. That's yeah. not new, but but a family meeting in the time of COVID is new, you know, and, yeah. and have a family yeah. meeting and to talk about, you know, how we're going to, you know, run the household together. And it's much like what you're just saying. I love that metaphor of the ship. And because we we changed the structure of how we do um, household chores, everyone had some time to kind of talk about what was up for them. And, and it wasn't that anything massively profound came out of that meeting, but mm-hmm. I can tell you that it shifted the energy of the house. Everybody mm-hmm. was lighter. Everybody would just, you know, there was a, a congruence between people and how the house was running. And I don't know, have you done anything, Elizabeth, that, that has shifted or felt, felt um, like a win? Like that just felt like a win, you know? Well, we definitely put structure around the part of work mm-hmm. that's happening at home, but maybe not enough around the rest. So mm-hmm. that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. And I feel For like sure. we need to do more about the school structure. So, so we can exchange <laughs> notes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for calling in and great question. Yes, yeah, well, very much great so. Feedback. Thank you. Thank you. It. Yeah. yeah. And be praying for you too as well. And uh, for, sure. for all of the families that are out there, again, this is a uh, there's a lot on my mind and my heart right now, certainly with so many people that are dealing with, you know, elderly parents or grandparents that they can't access, can't see, can't be with, can't see them, you know, families that are housebound, you know, people have mm-hmm. lost their jobs and the companies and businesses. It is, I mean, I recognize that there's so much right now that's, uh, that's, part, that's one of the strategies, by the way, too, Jackie, as well. You know, and we all know this, but how do we make sure we're not getting so inwardly focused or so overwhelmed that we're not looking outwardly? Yeah. How do we continue to make sure we're serving and helping others? Because that's also a strategy for thriving in chaos. People that thrive in chaos, there's a number of things they do, you know, um, and one of those things is they continue to help other people. And so how do we continue to make sure we, 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 do, we do some yeah. of that? We not only, not only do we uh, know how to create structure in a way that works, but we also know how to make sure that our structure includes helping other helping people and others. supporting them. Yeah, so. I love it. Hey, George, we have another caller. Great. Andy, are you on the line? 
Hey, how's it going? Am I in? You are in. Welcome to the show, Andy. Awesome. Andy. I am a long-time listener, long-time caller. I've loved this show so far. Um, and this one particular has been exciting and interesting for me. My question, um, it, so I will say there are good things and bad things about what's been going on. One mm-hmm. bad thing, we can't go anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. the, the virus is a terrible thing. Good thing is we realize how much we miss being around our friends and family mm-hmm. and I mean, going to the park, everything. How do we, because we kind of got thrown into this um, mm-hmm. pretty quick, right? And mm-hmm. so it was yep. it was yep. a bit jarring. Yep. And we're supposedly yep. supposed to ease out of it. Do you yeah. think there's <laughs> any kind of proper way to maintain those um, healthy feelings that we've actually developed? You know, like, uh, mm-hmm. for example, my grandparents live about 30 minutes north from me. I have, by the time we got thrown into, quote unquote, quarantine, I hadn't seen them since Christmas. Now all I want to do is go see them. You know, how do we yeah. maintain these feelings of connection, this this urge to connect with people um, once we get back to our, quote unquote, normal? I say, quote unquote, because I don't think we will go back to a normal. But how do we how do we keep those positive um, changes? It's a great question. Yeah, it really is a great question. In fact, I just was reading an article the other day about how um, how at t- different times in history there have been tremendous events. In fact, I know I lived through one. We many of us lived through 9/11, right? Oh yeah. And I remember going down to the Seattle Center, one of the grounds here, a place in the city where people gather, and there was a stunning, amazing, powerful experience of connection and of togetherness that was there that, you know, was gone, you know, five years later, pretty much, or yeah. three years later, right? Yeah. And so I think you raise a great question. Uh, what can we do? I, I, I would like, I hope, Andy, I hope that there is something that comes from this. As you mentioned, there's a lot of really terrible, hard, challenging things about this that are unfortunate. Absolutely. There are so also some positive things, and I'm experiencing those too, and I'm seeing some of those things as well. And I think there are going to be things that will come from this that will be positive for us. Um, I know I'm experiencing some, some of that too. How do we kind of maintain, hold on to that, or how do we kind of remember those things? And I think it's, I think that comes down to culture. Culture is very difficult to change, as we know. Our culture is being shaken dramatically now. What will stick in that culture and cause it to change that will be positive? I don't know. I worry sometimes about people being hyper paranoid, right? Yeah. That could be a negative change that can come from this culture. I hope there'll be positive things like you're talking about. What I can say is this. I'm going to go back to what I can control, so to speak. Control, I use the word lightly. Um, what kind of what can I what can I do for my family culture? How can we remember the best of this? What can I remember from my church culture? What can our you know, what can the cultures that I'm involved in, I have more direct involvement in, how can we remember things from this? Can we name what those things are now? Can we capture those things so we can help to remember those things and then tell those stories to ourselves as this shifts back out so we don't lose those stories? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be an opportunity for us here that we have. I know it's before me, and I really hope I will be able to do that. The, my, the culture, if you will, of my own life, the culture that I create in my my I create in my business, the culture in my family, culture of my church, whatever those places are, I hope that we will remember some of those things because culture tend to drift back to what they were before. Yeah. Well, that's terrific. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the process of trying to kind of self evolve to mm-hmm. um, to grasp those positive things from before, 
you know, I used mm. to work out every morning, you know, I, I was, I'm, I'm a num I'm a two. So I, I want to do things for other people. So I want to maintain <laughs> a lot Enneagram, of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I want to maintain those positive aspects that I would, I, you know, I enjoyed and then that I haven't been able to keep up with while mm -hmm. in quote unquote quarantine. But I've also gained some new positive um, quirks that I really like. I, I, I mean, spending time with my, I've got two daughters, spending time with them has been mm -hmm. so incredible. And I want to maintain mm -hmm. that much more than I think I did before. Yeah. Whereas I don't wake up at 5 a.m. to go to the gym anymore. I get up like at 7 and then go to work mm -hmm. at 7.30 from home. I mm -hmm. tried to this week. I got up at 5 and I jogged a few miles a couple days this week. And there so I'm go. trying to Good take the positive. <laughs> Oh man, it's it's so. After a month and a half off, it's it's not easy to nice. jump back into that. But I want to I want to I want to gain those positive uh, aspects of my life from both of those, and hopefully, you know, uh, come out of this situation um, more modern, uh, modernized in a way that I, mm -hmm. I I deem fit for you know who I am. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, good for you for the for the things you're doing. Uh, love a lot of things you shared, Andy, and uh, um, and I and I I think what you what you talked about you you reminded me about some of the similar kinds of habits that I'm trying to develop and and focus on a little bit here. Those positive things I'm seeing in this, I do think we have now something coming upon us here, of 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 a knowledge and a, a, a the potential for us to see our connectedness in a way that we haven't seen it for a long time. I think people are experiencing yeah. loss around the loss of connection, and we've taken that for we take that for granted quite often, and yet the the mystery and the power of that connection is so. Right now, I think there's a time for us to see that again and remember that, and to to recall that to mind in a way that we haven't for such a long time, um, on a deep national level, and I hope that's one thing that comes from this, Andy. And I think what you talked about time with your kids, I think a lot of people right now are experiencing the the power of that and the positive of that. Certainly, there's concern about those families where there's a, a dangerous negative element going on. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of positives that we can see from that, too, and our connection with each other and our need for each other in that connection. Not in a, not, and also, there's something else I think it's real powerful with COVID, not in a superficial way where we structure all these times and we kind of artificially do that. But the organicness, right now we are having to recreate our organic sense of connection with people. Now, I'm not going to say that Zoom is terribly organic, <laughs> but but the sense of, of that sense of being around people and seeing people, recognizing the importance of that and how we're so wired for that and how we need that, not just in some kind of contrived way, but in a really deep, deep, meaningful way. And I'm hoping that's something that we, I'm hoping that's a cultural awakening we have that will help us going forward. To remember that, as yeah, families, I, small I agree. communities, as churches. So, I feel like the sense of community has been much stronger since we've been yeah. apart. That I, I, I think it'll be a powerhouse once we're all able to be back yeah. together again with everything we've learned and yeah. gained from the time apart. You know, I feel like our sense of community has thrived surprisingly. Yeah, so I, I'm I, I do too. To I think that's one of the positives that come from this. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I hope that's what I hope that's what I mean by I hope we hope we can re remember that and that will definitely impact our our culture that we have cultures that we're in in such a way that we collectively inhabit those spaces differently with that knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, there's the, the story, historical story way back when about how, you know, whether you write it on your si signpost, whatever it is you do to remember these things, you know, that kind of thing. I think this is a time right now we can remember that 
uh, that can be that can be a very powerful plus coming out of this. I know, like you said too, I'm looking forward to getting together with my friends and just celebrating being together. Right. Right. <laughs> just that will be such a wonderful thing. So. Yeah. It's, awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank, Thank you, very you much. so that much, was, Andy. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Have a good you. day, guys. All right. You too. You thank too. you. Yeah. yeah. Great reflections, you know, and that's really, you know, he really captured that speaking to the growth that can happen during this time. And that again is individually, you know, as a family, as a neighborhood, a community, and, you know, as a culture that yeah. we can really we, allow growth to happen. We had in our, in our team, we're having uh, check-ins daily, um, and uh, Zoom check-ins daily. And, and I, the other the day we had our meeting on Friday afternoon, I, you know, and I, went to the office by myself to get something I needed <clears throat> and uh, from our office where it's at, our physical office. And as I walked through the office, I realized how much I missed seeing yeah. my, co- my coworkers, my mm-hmm. colleagues. And so I told them on Friday, you know what, you guys, it's good to be together virtually here, but I miss seeing you all in person. And, um, and I, you know, it was, it was definitely from the heart. I was just, I was telling them what's true for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I had a session um, uh, about a, two weeks ago with a, a client uh, over the ocean, actually. And we spent quite a bit of time together during this kind of virtual delivery of a session, a program that our company offers. And I really felt like I, I knew them. I felt like I experienced this Zoom time with them to such a degree we'd had this connection point. And I felt like I knew them in some way. And I think that the more we can be Zooming more authentically with each other too as well, mm-hmm. more real we can yep. be, I think that also is helpful. I think I'm seeing more of that. People with kids in the background running by. I yeah. loved that. It was yeah. great. You know? Oh, yeah. People, the first people, week. The people first... just woke up in the morning. They weren't all perfect. Yeah. I just love that. I think that's great. So I think there are things like that that can come from this yeah. that can help us to, you know, that we can take as much as we can right now of connection that from that, but also know just how much this is so much less about being perfect and being real and, and much more about the organicness of just people being together and how good that is. So. Yeah. It is wonderful, wonderful points to bring up. We've got just a few minutes left. Can you believe this hour has just flown by? Here we go. (laughs) I want to do a quick recap of the strategies. And um, so we have naming your emotions, sorting Mm -hmm. your losses, clarify your focus. Um, You mentioned what the brain needs is exercise, movement, right? That's And creating structure. Um, helping others. Mm-hmm. One um, that you didn't mention was um, rewarding yourself. Yes, that's right. That's, that's what we <laughs> talk about sometimes too. And I think that's something right now that really is important. When people uh, navigate a change or going through a change, it's very important for us to recognize the work we're doing. And there's a lot of people right now that are doing a lot of hard work navigating this change. Don't forget to stop at some point in time, maybe the end of the day, maybe in the middle of the day, whatever it is, do something to give an affirmation. Do something to acknowledge what you've done that day that's been good work to work through that change process because this change we're going through right now is very difficult for us. And that can be, you know, I'll say something like find something simple and small, whatever it might be. Maybe it's a glass of wine. Maybe it's a piece of cake. Maybe it's a... Uh, maybe it's downloading some music, whatever it might be, just something you can do that's a little ceremonial kind of thing that you can do to kind of say, yeah, okay, I did this today. I, I worked through this challenge today. I, I, I navigated this change this way today well. That can be a real powerful one too. So something like that can be also another one that's uh, that's real significant. Um, simple thing to do, but it's good for us to, to do that with ourselves because we are 
some of us more so than others, but we're all navigating again. We talked about it before, change right now on a tremendous scale. And for us to acknowledge the work we're doing and to be able to give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back, it's really good to do that from time to time. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Ah, that's yep. so good. I, I, I don't want to leave this hour without you just mentioning briefly the behavior style strategies because that's what you brought to um, myself and my coworkers um, yeah. here at the village. It's a big piece of the work that the Effectiveness Institute um, uses, and I think it's relevant to how we are experiencing and navigating chaos and change. So give us the rundown. Yeah. You bet. I'd be happy to do that. Um, First of all, I'll go ahead and mention, if you don't mind my telling folks, that uh, if someone wants to go to our website, our company website, um, which is effectivenessinstitute.com, they can take a free online assessment. You don't have to put your email address. You don't don't have to do anything in there. You can just go online, click on that free assessment, and you can take your behavior style assessment Um, so you can learn kind of which of the four preferences you tend to have. so what we talk about, what we teach, and you know this, Jackie, from the session we have, is that people do all four of these to some degree or another. So we don't just do one style. If you took the assessment and you come up with a particular preference, that's not who you are. That's just a behavior that you tend to be more comfortable with. I find in the work I do, people do two styles very easily, almost always. They oftentimes do even three styles fairly easily. And then, again, we all do four to some degree. So this is definitely not about who you are. It's more about just the behavior you tend to be most comfortable in. Some people talk about this as personality. We don't talk about this as personality. We talk about as behavior because what behavior is more comfortable for you? I said this morning earlier, right in our call, Jackie, that we didn't get up and say, I'm going to behave completely differently than I normally do. Why? Because we have a certain comfort zone. We certainly tend to do things certain ways. That's what behavior styles is all about. And those four styles, they all have certain needs that are being challenged right now with COVID-19. Controllers really like to get results. Well, you can't get results the same way, right? Persuaders Mm -hmm. love that connection. They like to be around people. They like the touch. They like the interaction. That's not happening right now in the same way. I have a coworker that, and I'm the same way. We're having challenges around that. Stabilizers are very much about harmony and security. Well, right now, it's hard to know what's secure. What can you hold on to? There's needs there. And those analyzers, they have a need to get things right, you know, to do things the right way. Well, how do you do things right when all the rules are changing? Yeah. So I just like to want to acknowledge for a few moments there that we do have these preferences and they're, they're impacting us powerfully. Elizabeth's call earlier, her teenagers, they have these behavior style preferences too. Yeah. What are the styles of your kids? What are the styles of your spouses? How can you help them? We do work around that, the webinar at the Institute. You can find out free information about that. You can also find out more information. We have a lot of tools and resources we have to help with that awesome. too. Awesome. Thank you. That music means we're out of time. So I posted the website on my Facebook. So we'll see you next week. Until next time, tune in and tune up in spirit. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network 
or wherever you get your podcasts.